This episode is brought to you by Podbean, the easiest, most affordable option to get started in podcasting. Stay tuned to hear how you can get your first month of Podbean for free. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Community Critics, a pop culture podcast where we're not only committed to our opinions, but also each other. Aww. I'm Kevin Lau. I'm Ryan Davis. And I'm Zach Wright. How are you guys doing today? Doing great on Valentine's Day of all days. Woo! The day of love. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Too bad that we don't have that. I mean, I do, but. Wait, wait, wait. What am I saying? We have love for the prequels. That's oh. what today's episode is oh, about. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no! Oh wait! Oh yes! <laughs> One of us has genuine love for the prequels. The rest of us are doing our best uh, because today we want to talk about the virtues of the prequels, the parts of the prequels that are actually genuinely good. Yes, um, I would have to say, uh, starting with you know, wait, wait, hold on. Why am I explaining this? Ryan, take the take. Let's take, let our take resident lead. prequel lover take over. <clears throat> Channeling the force, uh, the prequel force. Um, yes. Yeah, so the prequels, a lot of people. Don't like it for some reason. I don't understand why. The prequels are phenomenal, but, you know, people say they suck. So we're going to try and, you know, talk about what elements of the prequels are actually good. So, guys, I know you guys are kind of iffy on the prequels, but what do you think about the prequels are actually good? Kevin, I'll let you start. So, yeah, so one thing I really like about the prequels is the world building. Um, I mean, George Lucas obviously has this expansive, rich, uh, well-thought-out world. Uh, of Star Wars that we see kind of get hints of in episode four. Uh, then kind of like we get, it gets expanded better through better direction and writing in episodes five and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then ep- this prequels episodes one, two and three, this is George Lucas going all out. He's like, I'm going to include everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whether or not it works, it's a topic for another episode, which we already did before. Mm hmm. Uh, I say, he made his own lang- own language. He, I, he, I mean, so the JJ JRR Tolkien, not JJ Abrams. Oof, not not, not that guy. But yeah, the world building is so rich. There's you know every planet feels like an actual planet. Every like you can see really see the the religion the shape how religion is shaped through the course of these movies. Yeah, um, and how it affects the characters around it as well and how the characters interact with one another and how those relationships uh, with the outside world, uh, you know, develop throughout the series into the point of Anakin's turn, spoiler alert. Um, but, you know, I mean, George Lucas, he, but whether or not he's a good writer slash director is up to you. Personally, I think, nah. <laughs> but the world building, on point. Yeah, and I can agree with that, Kevin. Like, I agree. The world building is rich. It's fleshed out. Like, people, like a bunch of different authors, like, before, like, after the prequels came out, like, they played in that landscape and were able to create their own stories with, like, different authors, mm-hmm. video games, different forms of media and mediums of media. Wow, that's a lot of media right there. Sorry. <laughs> um, a lot of forms of medium. Different medias. Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> Did you learn nothing uh, in I, 493? I know, right? Um but overall, for me, the overall idea and the through line of the prequels is more concrete. My friend uh, Malia, she gave a, she gave me this point. And I was actually like, actually, that's a very solid point. So like in the originals, like 
different story beats were improvised. So like Leia being Luke's sister wasn't thought of until like uh, Return of the Jedi's um, um, when it came about. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas like and stuff in the sequels, obviously like Rey being a nobody or Palpatine that went back and forth, for example. However, the prequels had a more idea solid vision and a solid um through line so like george lucas had all these ideas he was able to put it all together and have it like make sense in the context around what what she was building in these three movies um however like again like you be the judge of if it was executed well or poorly um but yeah so overall like the the story beats and the ideas in the prequels is more concrete and was more there than say in the originals and the sequels yeah. One one thing I do want to say though, I mean, more on the t- it's kind of like on world building as well. It would be nice if uh, each planet had more than one city or town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you go, I mean, they kind of do like Tatooine. They do explain that there's more there's cities. Three spaceports in Tatooine. <laughs> there's three space. I mean, like when you think there are different places, and we don't, we just don't see them because you know they went to one. Yeah, they're just not important to the story. Yeah, they're not important to the story, but you know, you know, there's a whole planet like Bespin. It's a whole cloud planet. Why the hell are we just on Cloud City? Well, I think that's the only city in Bespin. But like, like what you're saying, like Coruscant is one big city. There you go. That's how it's written. That's how they can stay in one city. (laughs) Man, how do you survive? Well, I mean, it's aliens. Never mind. It's like I was gonna say, how do you survive on a planet that only has one climate? It's like, well, you're an alien. You're born there. You're you're genetically through genetics and evolution, you are bred to survive that climate so whatever Coruscant right. is kind of like i guess you maybe i guess technically kind of new york it's the new york of the, yeah. new york slash washington dc because it's like the capital of the, the galaxy but it's also like mm-hmm. the melting pot because that's where everyone is just at yeah but in tattooing he's like the the poor man's Coruscant. <laughs> but anywho so far Ryan, away what do you think is good about the prequels since we didn't get um, we didn't let you have your limelight last time uh mine is kind of a combination of you guys two things because i do like the world building i like the plot uh because the plot is anakin uh i like anakin he's probably my favorite character in all star wars only because i like his rise and fall he starts off as a little kid and you watch him become the most one of the most evil men in the galaxy Mm -hmm. and it's just interesting to see how he gets from that point to the other point um i started with the prequel i started with phantom menace mm-hmm. that was the first star wars movie i ever saw and i mean for me that's the beginning of star wars both chronologically because you know it's one two three four five six seven eight nine right and it's also the beginning of star wars for me personally and it's just it was more diverse it was more diverse and expansive and jaw-dropping than watching the originals because i did watch a new hope like almost not right after but like it was the next one i saw it was just, it was kind of jarring to see here's Phantom Menace, which has pod racing and Duel of the Fates and everything else. And then we go to A New Hope where it's like, yeah, we have lightsaber battle where they poke each other with the sticks. And <laughs> I mean, the Death Star run is a great, it's a great thing. But like, it's mostly just seeing the inside of the cockpits and seeing yeah. these guys talk and stuff occasionally explode. I was like, oh, well, there, there's not a lot going on there. And then also, Order Episode Three. If you haven't heard me talk about it at all in this podcast, which I've talked about it a lot, is my favorite of all Star Wars movies. <laughs> um, Order Sixty Six 
probably one of the darkest moments of Star Wars. I enjoy it. I enjoy playing in Battlefront 2 because I got to just shoot Jedi and <laughs> hopefully not get sliced down by the Jedi that just dropped out the damn ceiling. I feel like... <laughs> it feels like Nam. <laughs> it, was it was like Vietnam with the Jedi dropped out the ceiling. It was like, oh my god! They're in the trees! They're in the trees! <laughs> but it, it was bad in uh, Anakin, Obi-Wan and Anakin's fight on the entire last two fights of episode 3 with Anakin versus Obi-Wan and Yoda versus the Palpatine and Watching Obi Wan leave Anakin on the on Mustafar burning alive, that brought a tear to my eye. That that made young Ryan and still current Ryan cry. I mean, so. I still yeah. I mean, I agree that I mean, I think the Revenge of the Sith is the best prequel movie, and I think I, I was talking to someone like years ago about like Revenge of the Sith, where it's like, yeah, I don't really care about the prequels, but I, Revenge of the Sith is a good movie, and they kind of looked at me like, no, it's not. You're wrong. And then later on, they they rewatched Revenge of the Sith. They're like, actually, you're right. Revenge of the Sith is pretty good. Um, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, good, solid it's movie. It's the only Star Wars movie that's PG-13 until the sequels. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, like all of them were PG. I mean, technically, like, I guess PG was different back in the 80s, but like... That's oh, I mean, true. PG-13 was not a thing until the 90s. Yeah, like, P- like in episode one and episode two, both are PG. Episode three, PG-13, because, you know... The huh. Jedi gets slaughtered, and Anakin gets burnt alive. I love how Jedi getting slaughtered you went to, not Anakin literally being burned alive. <laughs> I, that, was second, that was the second point. That was the second point. But like you watched, I mean, look, Ayla Sakura got mowed down. <laughs> they they lit up her corpse. She was already dead, and they still kept shooting her. The oh more you know, Kevin, Kevin. What's another thing you like about the prequels? I really love the visual effects. Um, like they're so over the top and kind of goofy and cartoony at the same time, but they honestly still look pretty incredible to this day. Like, sure, you can argue like the the dance of mm-hmm. Duel of the Fates looks kind of corny and, like I said, cartoony. But I feel like that's the vibe that George Lucas was going for. Like, you know, it's all just kind of cartoony, and but like it doesn't look fake in in right. a sense of like bad CGI. Um, like obviously there was limitations to its time, uh, but still, like it's really good compared to everything else that kind of came out like 10 years later <laughs> all right yeah uh, uh up until uh planet of the apes um <laughs> uh, but yeah it's you know it's like obviously there's like some eyeline issues here and there it's just kind of you know but like you know it's really good still and i really enjoy the visual effects yeah in the cgi it's just um man i don't i got where i was gonna go with this point but you know it's good cgi good yeah, I agree with you, Kevin. Like, I personally like practical effects better and actually kind of seeing something that looks tangible and real. But the CGI right. in the prequels, like, it looks very like, oh, it could be tangible if you didn't know it was a blue screen behind them, for example. The one mm-hmm. thing that I also like about the prequels is all the lightsaber duels. And the colorful lightsabers go womb is what I wrote in the do- in the notes. <laughs> um, like Burm. The, yeah, like the arena scene in Attack of the Clones. I love seeing all the Jedi fight. Grand, they get destroyed by a bunch of battle droids, which is kind of like, okay, whatever. But, like, it was cool seeing all those lightsabers, all those colors flying around for me as a kid. And I started to realize that, like, oh, man, these lightsaber duels are really, like, artistic. It's like a dance, like we like we said earlier. And that's mm-hmm. a stark contrast from the originals where it's like, oh, like, they're surviving. Like, Luke is the first Jedi in so many years. And he just kind of, like, has to, like, he's struggling to, like, figure out how to sword fight. Like, that makes sense. Whereas the Jedi mm-hmm. are all trained here. Um I'm also going to add real quick. One other thing I like about the prequels is all the cool content and other different forms of media that came out from it. Like all the video games, all of the like Lego sets, all the toys, all the cool like 
The books. Sure, even the books. I'll give you the books, Ryan. Um, but like, all the video games that I remember playing on, like, the original Xbox, like, Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, uh, Star Wars Obi-Wan, all these different, like... Battlefront. Battlefront. Yeah, all of them were so much fun. Republic Commando, that was another good one. Ooh, yes. Um, all this other content that came out of the prequel era was really good. Even, like, the Clone Wars, like... And the 2002 animated Clone Wars 2D version, like, all of it was really good, and I enjoyed it as a kid. So, yeah. Mr. Davis. Uh, y'all are going to hate me for this, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, my point that I like the prequels is the relationships. Uh, I know this is a very controversial topic with uh, a lot of people. Now, depends on where you go with this, Ryan. Depends on where you go with this. Uh, the first <laughs> one of my notes is the relationship between Anakin and Padme. Uh, he, well, he went the wrong uh, way. He went the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> He took hard I, right. He should went left. <laughs> look, young Ryan had no problem with Anakin and Padme. I thought it was a lovely story. That was my first... Look, my two elements of romance as a child was either Anakin and Padme or Peter Parker and Mary Jane in the Spider-Man Sam Raimi trilogy after seeing <laughs> Peter slap Mary Jane across the face. Listen, both of these are <laughs> equally bad. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I was kind of like... Okay. I understand that Anakin and Padme needed to happen, both plot-wise and story-wise. It's just the execution was awful. The execution <laughs> could have been better. I, I will say this. The scenes of Naboo were not the best, but I still, like, I, I, I can feel it. I was like, they got to Geonosis. I was like, yeah, I feel this. This is a Look, nice Look, I, I didn't have a problem with episode one. I was pro- My problem was with episode two. <laughs> no, I get it. Episode two. Episode two. All the stuff on Naboo it was a little bit weird. I can buy the, the stuff time, on like, Naboo, like, until, like, the dinner scene. And I'm just kind of like, ooh, this is yeah, this weird. Is a- this got weird <laughs> really quick. Here's the thing. It goes Shakespearean in the dinner scene. The dinner like, scene it, gets it, really Shakespearean. It, it, it started yeah. off very much like, this is a teen romance. And then it went Shakespearean. And I was like, you know, you're living a lie. And But yeah, it, it is what it is. I enjoyed it as a child. And I was like, this is this, this is great. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> but to go on off of that. Anakin Obi Wan. There we go. Significantly there better. Go. Yeah. Yes, that's the left I should have taken. Whatever. But <laughs> Anakin Obi Wan, I like the father son relationship that him that the two of them have. Uh, the entire chase scene in Episode Two is probably one of my mo- the most fun moments of Star Wars. I like I uh-huh. see because I, I just, it just cracks me up just to watch like you know Obi Wan's like I hate flying and Anakin's over here bobbing and weaving jumping Wee! off of jumping <laughs> off of cars and everything and obi-wan was just like this guy is going to be the death of me which he was but you know um and then also anakin and palpatine anakin's mother anakin and palpatine is like the opposite of anakin and obi-wan uh it's still a father-son relationship but obviously palpatine's evil and more manipulative right so yeah. you know he's turning anakin you know to his more darker impulse. To piggyback off that, Ryan, real quick, like, I agree. I like how Anakin and Obi-Wan start off as, like, a father-son dynamic, and then they turn into brothers. And then yeah. that father void is filled by Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith. Like, right. that makes sense. And that's problematic. Yeah. And that's problematic for Anakin because, you know, he starts to look up to Palpatine where he looks at Obi-Wan as right. an equal. Yeah. And he never kinda... knew his father. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had no father. He was born. Yeah, he's, he's a virgin. Virgin birth. Virgin man. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and then Qui-Gon also Anakin. I mean, yeah, that was his original father. Then it turned to Obi-Wan, and then it was Palpatine. And then Anakin's mom, that scene where he holds his mom in his hands and she dies, and he 
starts to kill the men, the women, and the children. I, I mean, love how all the problems in all of Star Wars all stem from daddy issues. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's. I wonder what this says about George Lucas. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, an, that's another point. Django and Boba, daddy issues. Uh, Mace Windu kind of took Django's dad's head. Yeah. When you see it fly out of the shadow. <laughs> fly out of the sh- As a child, I was like, what the hell was that? As I love, I love oh. George Lucas's infatuation with disembodied heads. Yeah, he doesn't become Dooku in episode three. He does. He <laughs> rolls the head off, and I'm like, oh, Oh, okay, cool, yeah, but George Lucas yeah. just really wants to make a horror movie where everyone just gets beheaded. <laughs> they're like, they're like George, do we need to see the head roll? He's like, oh yeah, absolutely, that makes sense. So it doesn't roll, and everyone's like, oh what? yeah, <laughs> exactly. uh, he, he likes heads rolling and disembod- and limbs just getting chopped off because he does a lot of limb chopping throughout this entire like all six movies. Like, I feel like it kind of comes chopping, with, like, the idea of lightsabers. Yeah, but, like, limb chopping is kind of, like, symbolic. Like, oh, you lose your hand. Like, that can mean something, yada, yada, yada. But, like, a mm-hmm. head is just a, another way of dying. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I mean, look, you got these, like, glowing swords that can cut through anything. And what, what are you going to aim for? The body? No, you go for the head. It's much easier to animate a head coming off than it is a whole body getting chopped in half. <laughs> that is right. definitely true. Yeah, am uh, I wrong? <laughs> No, 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 you're not no, wrong. You're actually, right. yeah, you're um, right. Beh- <laughs> it's just, it's like I never. I don't come to think of it. I don't really remember anyone getting stabbed with a lightsaber until like episode seven. Uh, uh, episode one. Episode one. Yeah. Really? Someone gets. Oh, he does get stabbed. Literally All right, never mind. Gets impaled in the most. Uh, I guess ever. I had to give up my Star Wars fan card. No, uh, no, here, Zach, you can that. have it. You get to keep that. Kevin. You <laughs> referenced Attack of the Clones earlier today, my friend. You think you're out? No. You're in forever. You're in for life. No, I don't want to be here. No, let's go to the break. Starting a podcast? Try a Podbean Unlimited hosting plan. It's what we use here at Committed Critics, giving us the opportunity to have our show on Pandora, iHeartRadio, and even Spotify. You can get your first month of unlimited hosting for free on us by going to podbean.com slash committed crits, just like our Twitter. Or by clicking the link in the description. Podbean, the easiest, most affordable option to get started in podcasting. So we're back from break, and now we get to the part of the story of the uh, episode. Instead of slamming the prequels with a sledgehammer, Zach and Kevin are going to hit it with a rubber mallet, because now we're going to talk about what one element about the prequels that you. Hate, dislike, you know, you think it could have been done better. Kevin, Look, Ron, I'm going to tell you right now that with a rubber mallet, you can still give blunt force trauma. You can it's still definitely kill someone. Those take a lot longer. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not sure about longer. <laughs> well, yeah, it was technically longer, like, you know, difference between one second and 10 seconds, but you okay, know. A squeaky mallet. I don't know. One of the little uh, air balloon mallets that they have. Though that was a toddler toy, toddler yeah. mallet. <laughs> That's, I guess, yeah. But, um, Racism. That's it. That's the podcast. <laughs> also, Anakin's predatory vibes in Attack of the Clones. Like, that's... Uh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, listen, the only time not, I notice it... Listen, I'm not saying if I was Padme, I would be scared, but I definitely would have called the cops after he's like, not just the women, but the women and the But the problem too. is that the, the... But the Jedi are the cops. Whoa! Yeah. Also, the Jedi are like mass murderers as well. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. That's true. Well, I mean, that, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, there's this whole thing about like, you know, what Star Wars, the prequels really show what happens when you can mix uh, the church and the state together and oh. um, and all that stuff. But that's a whole other topic. I was about to say, like, the, the Jedi kidnap children. They kidnap newborn babies. They, the Jedis were never the good guys. All right. There you go. Sorry if I blew someone's mind. The Skywalkers uh, saying were the that. good guys. Ha ha ha. Rise of Skywalker. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, racism. That's the podcast. <laughs> can why don't you elaborate a little more on that one, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, because otherwise I'm gonna be over here like, wow, he just really hates Gungans. Uh, okay, so it's just more of the problem of like applying uh, stereotypes from actual races on Earth uh, in our world uh, to uh, into alien races, like yeah. Watto being the stereotypical Jewish person. The uh, the aliens in the beginning of episode one that are like stereotypically uh, chi- have a strong Chinese accent. And like not only because, but also because it's like and it's not just the accent thing. It's also them being like, enter owners of an enterprise. Yeah. Uh. So it just kind of like the plays into like uh, if you guys you know know the cyberpunk aesthetic, you know like Japanese owning the, all the corporations, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, but you know it's it's just really it just doesn't age well. Um, you can say Jar Jar has some elements of uh uh being stereotypically black. I would I wouldn't say it's fully there. But like, there's definitely, you know, there's really some some moments and some things he says and how he says it's like, oh, maybe it's a little too much. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really notice it uh, for the most part. But like, as you grow up, you look back and like, yeah, didn't age well. But hey, it's a product of its time. Yeah, definitely a product of its time for sure. Um, for me, like one of the things like I wish like the prequels could have done better was showing instead of telling, like. Anakin always mm-hmm. like, oh, remember how we always like would go on these crazy adventures? Like, oh, Anakin, you saved my butt so many times. I wish you would have seen those times in this uh, prequel era. Yeah, we get them in like atta- in the Clone Wars, which is after the fact. I get that. And I just, I guess, I honestly wish that the content of the Clone Wars would have been the prequels, so you can set up like the three acts or Avenger the Sith, and you can take each of those acts and make it its own film. Episode one could have mm-hmm. been like. Like Anakin Obi Wan's crazy adventures, and then you see Anakin's fall in in Episode Two, and then you see the problem like Anakin versus Obi Wan in the third movie. Like that's what it's all about, stuff like that. Think about it, Ryan, a whole movie dedicated to Anakin and Obi Wan just fighting one another. <laughs> no, I need to, no. Anywho. I don't want to see a whole movie of it. I just want to see like you know, it'd be if it was the last half, if it was the second half, sure. Yeah, just, just a, a joke. whole movie. But like, yeah, just, yeah something like to, that. To, yeah. Kind of piggybacking off of that, Zach. You know what? I will diss the Clone Wars because they did not show that business on Kato Neomodia. That did not count. They, they... <laughs> Actually, they were going to. It didn't get animated. <laughs> ah, so that's what happened. <laughs> yes, okay. They should have actually kept count of all the rescues Anakin did so they could make that canon. But, you know. Uh, yeah, for Zach, you, uh, you got on me about this earlier, but uh, the, mas- the Mystery Master Sifo-Dyas... No one knows what Master Sifo DS is unless you're a true Star Wars fan. So I don't, I don't even think I should just. Well, guess I'm not a true Star Wars fan. Here's Zach taking nope, my card. No, Kevin, no, you're in. You're in, buddy. You're in for life. Kevin, no! you're in. You don't get to escape this. You're in for We're life. chaining you down. But Ryan just called it. He said I'm not a true Star Wars fan because I have no idea who Master Sifo DS is. It was a it was a whole thing in Attack of the Clones. Exactly. He's gonna explain the it to army, you. The clone army got developed because of Master Sifo DS, who was working with Count Dooku, and yeah, it's a whole thing they cleared up in the clone war series like the, the clone war series clears up a lot of things 
that were left kind of like open mm-hmm. in episode two, yeah, and then also mm-hmm. in a little bit in episode three because hey, what happened to Ahsoka after the Clone Wars? Basically, uh, Master Sifo Diaz was the one who put in the order for the Clone Troopers. So there you go, Kevin. Yeah. Now you know who Sifo Diaz is, and you can keep your card. <laughs> And no. My favorite little factoid yeah, yeah. about Sifo Diaz is that it was originally originally going to spell out to like be like an anagram for Sidious. That, <laughs> yeah. that would make more sense. I think that the Y. I think the Y. It was like Sidious or something like that. Just spelled out a different way, and then was like, "Oh, who? I wonder who that is." <laughs> Everyone's like, "All Star Wars fans, like, oh, yeah." No. <laughs> Sorry, continue, right? <laughs> no, the the only other thing I didn't like, looking back at it, like as a kid. I did not like the political stuff because yeah. it was heavy in episode one and someone in episode two. And I was like, I don't like this stuff because politics means nothing to me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was an adult. I'm like, man, Star Wars politics make a lot more sense than American politics. But, <laughs> you know, th- that's just me. I was actually also really, in- well, when I rewatched the films recently, I was really interested in the political stuff of the prequels mm-hmm. because, you know, if it's, since it's all like a world building adventure, like the politics is the most interesting thing you could do with world building. Um mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just really, really into that stuff. But, uh, but like you know, it it does go overhead for a kid, and these these films are targeted for children. George Lucas said so himself. So it's kind of like he kind of quite didn't understand his audience. Um, but you know, just, that's just, it just that's just George the, Lucas for you. <laughs> it just doesn't help the Phantom Menace. There's literally 20 minutes of just 20, 30 minutes of political stuff and mm-hmm. Anakin getting roasted by samuel jackson i do just <laughs> like, i do love uh the politics part where mace windu and yoda get a transmission from we want to say hey i need help when he gets attacked and they're like huh well let's go watch this council meeting for <laughs> 30 minutes <laughs> and then we'll go save obi-wan well they had to get political posi- for permission they, like didn't, even, said, they didn't even chime in on the church call they didn't even chime in on the call they just sat there and watched jar jar give <laughs> Palpatine the power. They also told, they also told oh, Anakin man. and Padme to stand by, but I was like, yeah, you, you, you're telling Anakin. Right, Anakin's got exactly. to stand by. But speaking of Jar Jar, Jar Jar's cool, right? I mean, I, yes. I loved him Lego Star Wars. Like you said, Kevin, playing into those racial stereotypes, he was the best high jumper in the Lego game. <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he can get those hoops. He can. He can get those extra studs <laughs> too high up for the Jedi to get. <laughs> Hey, I I like Jar Jar. Jar Jar is a fun character. And the, Ryan, the memes, the memes are gold. The memes are phenomenal. What about the droid right? attacking the Wookies? <laughs> oh God! Uh, hello there. Hello there. General Kenobi. <laughs> what was what was it like? Uh oh, big booms or something? I mean, Zach, I that podcast you showed me where they have the guy come out in the water costume. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just. I know I we talked about Waddle being a horrible character, but... <laughs> I love kind of funny. Oh, my God. The size of a pumpkin. I'll say it to you, Kevin. Uh, All right. So uh, what do you wish the prequels had without removing anything that it currently has? Like, what is something you would want to add in there? Uh, for me, I would want a story. But no, I'm Kevin, s- we can't shit on it today. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I just do wish that there was more of an emotionally charged story uh, to what's currently there because a lot of it's very plot based mm-hmm. and plot driven, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of like not what I'm into. Yeah. Um, but also, um, uh, I like to see how Jar Jar ended 
You know, he just, he handed everything to the emperor, then he just kind of disappeared. So, you know, what happened to him? How does he feel about things? Kevin, do you really think there's not a comic or a book about that? There is. I need to read it. I need to know the fall of Jar Jar. Oh my God. I'm sure he has PTSD or something, something like that. <laughs> he gets depressed. He gets very depressed. I believe he becomes like a smuggler of some sort. I don't know. I think he becomes. Oh. Yeah, something like that. He he go he, he becomes very depressed because you know, Padme. Is this yeah. a is this like is this comic like a hey, really like the only person who, a redemption of Padme's, Jar Jar? Padme's dead and Anakin is as uh, qualified as dead. Uh, so and Obi Wan just is gone. So like he lost the only three friends he had. Like yes, I've went... been on the run for six months. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god, god. <laughs> Ryan, what do you want to add to the prequels? Um, I kind of want more army battles. because uh, I mean, like we got we got in Clone Wars, and the opening for Episode Three is probably still one of my most favorite like scenes ever because like just the war drums and the ships flying and everything blowing up and over course on air it's beautiful that's going back to that whole cgi looked good that was probably the pinnacle of star wars cgi for me but um that and more buddy cop buddy cop time with anakin obi-wan because i i really wish we had seen a lot more of anakin obi-wan just dicking around being like the best but the worst jedi pair ever (laughs) like yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with it's you. Just yeah. Fun. Anything else, Ryan? Uh, maybe more just Anakin and Padme. <laughs> just, just a little bit more. Why, why, little, why, why Padme? Why Padme? Uh, hmm. Uh, Portman was cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> she was pretty cool. She was pretty cool. <laughs> Anywho, if we're doing bad romance, let's just throw in an Anakin Obi Wan Padme love triangle. You want to see more uh. Mally Portman, Ryan? There you go. You can see her making out with two different dudes. <laughs> There you go. Oh, right. no, Whoa. No, no. That is the one thing I hate that everyone's like, Obi Wan and Padme. I'm like, no, that is disgusting. Obi Wan has a romance. He has a team. Right, and but that was, got... that was after the fact. Now it could definitely be like, oh, that's why Anakin Obi Wan split up. It was over a girl. Oh, God. No, I don't want. That's every other teen drama movie. <laughs> well, these. Man, happens to the best of us. Well, maybe not us, but, you know, it happens I, I, to some people. <laughs> I just want, I mean, here's the thing. has to add, right it's relatable that's why they put it everywhere if you're gonna add stuff like that add ahsoka just in the background make instead you know how george lucas was doing that to the originals just put ahsoka in the background of the episode <laughs> she's not talking to anyone she just sitting there's like oh okay. just like waving in the background uh-oh don't give george lucas ideas he'll just add her in and post <laughs> that's what i'm saying let's do that let's oh, add just all these clone wars characters in post let's add rex let's add cody Let's just add them all. Add let's everyone. add a let's add a stormtrooper riding on a giant lizard in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. <laughs> oh my god! Ah, uh, wow. Star Wars, the prequels. What what a, what a franchise! Kevin, this is the what last time portion of the franchise. Kevin, this is the last time you talk about Star Wars for a while. Are you happy? I am so happy. Ke- that Kevin, I never have to talk about Star Wars ever. The, the key word is a while. A while. A while. No. Yes. No. Because animation. No. Because Kevin. Wars. Because Kevin. Ryan and I challenge you to watch the Clone no. Wars. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's phenomenal, Kevin. It's phenomenal. I hear it's good after season two, so maybe I will end up enjoying you it. You can watch the machete version if you want. I can give it to you. <laughs> no, no, I'll... Wait, oh, wait, maybe that actually... Yeah, I probably should watch that in whatever order they recommend. 
because um, it does break the timeline a little bit, right? Yeah, the, time, yeah. the timeline's all over the place. There's a chronological order. I have, like, a machete order that has all the best arcs put together that makes the most sense. It gets with, like, the Jar Jar episodes and, like, the droid episodes. Look, some of them okay. are, some of those are necessary. Like, the droid episode, it's awful. But you still get a cl- you get the only clone commando in the entire damn series. Fair. All right, so how about this? Zach, you, you get the machete order. Ryan, you, you add in the episodes you think are important that are that are missing from that list. And then I'll watch it in that order. That's fair. Sounds good. Cool, cool, cool. This has been another episode of Committed Critics. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Committed Critics. That's C-O-M-M-I-T-T-E-D, C-R-I-T-S. You can follow us on YouTube as well at Committed Critics. Spelled the same there as it is here and everywhere else. You can support us on Patreon in the link below. And special thanks to our sound engineer, Jordan Smearman, for being awesome. And on that note, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. I failed you. They challenged me to watch the Clone Wars, and now... I'm sorry. Don't be sorry, young Padawan. Don't call me that! Do not worry. Here, I have something for you. Is this... Yes. Your revenge.